535, headed south to Laredo. About to pick us some pounds so we can make us some queso. No luggage in the trunk, just me and Saki. Headed back down to Texas, now we serving these beans. Hey, it's that time again for the I-35 Sports Connect podcast. What's up? Your boy Triple H in the house. Leela. And I think it's a pretty big day because who just won this past weekend? The Kansas City Chiefs. You, and also the Green Bay Packers. Do you, do you hear something? Mm, I think. Hold on. I, Is that? It's faint. It's coming. Oh. Austin's here. Austin's here. Oh, my God. I'm just playing. Eric Fisher with the epic celebration of the touchdown this past weekend. Oh, Crashing two beers together. Beer bathed in front of all the Arrowhead faithful. What a celebration. What a game. You know where I saw that? Because I was in and out of watching the game. I had some other stuff going on. But I happened to be. Hold up. You had other things going on than the Chiefs game? Yes, I did. What was more important than the Chiefs game? Our kids, our fur children. They're driving me nuts. That's what was going on. We had potty breaks and stuff. Is this, but is anyways, this divorce right now? <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> while you were off gallivanting at the game, when I was in and out of watching it, I happened to see this because I was doing the death scroll through Instagram and I see uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin post this Chiefs thing. And I'm like, that's odd that he would be a Chiefs fan. He's a Cowboys fan. This is weird. And then I watched the video and I was like, ah, that's dope. That's really cool. Respect. And maybe he wanted to, you know, be with a better team. Yeah. Probably the not. Because that's the bottom line. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I had what to an do epic that. celebration by Eric Fisher. <laughs> We're going to talk to the game, talk about, you know, the highs and lows from ultimate depression, five stages of grief, <sighs> all the way to like the epic victory, the most epic comeback in NFL playoff history, in Chiefs history, in the history of my life. What a game, what a game, what a game. So with all the Chiefs game stuff first, then we'll go into the Chiefs' next opponent, the Tennessee Titans. Another chance at redemption, just like we did against Houston. We are the Titans. After that, we'll hit the Mavs game uh, against the Lakers in Philly real quick. We also got the Mavs game going on in the background right now. We're recording it during the Mavs-Golden uh, State game. So Mavs pretty much have it going right now up 10. But we'll talk about that. And then we'll end it on a little, and then we'll end it on the uh, K State uh, Wildcats. Not much on them, but just a little bit for next year because they got spanked by Texas Tech today. Spanked. It was really bad. And I, Texas Tech, just their fans. Let's start off with the Chiefs game, right? Epic tailgate. I mean, I was cooking up some bomb A brisket. Fantastic. Those of you that stopped by and. Uh, 43 over uh, Sunday. Thank you so much. Great brisket. Good talking to you guys. It looked delicious. Oh, it I was, was super jello. Yeah, I mean, you know, I throw it down. If you got Kansas City blood in you, you <laughs> have to know how to make brisket. Bottom line, as Stone Cold would say. True. Anyway, uh, so Arrowhead looked beautiful. Um, they would you the- say that you Stone Cold stunnered that brisket? Oh, uh, the one, two, three was laid down for sure. <laughs> uh, so Arrowhead, old school paint scheme, yellow end zone, old school helmet, just absolutely beautiful. My favorite paint scheme. But anyway, Arrowhead was ruckus. And then all of a sudden, all hell broke loose. And why was that? Wait, wait. Actually, I want to go back to paint scheme. You're talking about the field, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. just making sure. Because I was like, wait, was there something painted? I know the horse's name is War Paint or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's his name. Are okay. you jealous you don't have a horse? 
We don't need a horse. We have Rowdy and the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. I don't even think Rowdy's a real thing. But why? What? Why are you trying to talk about the Cowboys right now? We're talking about the Chiefs. So let's let's start. You're this the one off. that's making this a competition. I was just saying war paint. Anyway, the worst way you could possibly start a game, the Chiefs start the game. And Absolutely. I've never seen Arrowhead go silent, but in that first quarter, it was the most silent <laughs> I've ever seen that stadium. So it, here's here's a recap of the start. I'm pretty sure I texted you a few times to make sure you were still alive. Oh, God, it was... I I just disconnected for a while. I was at the game with my parents. My dad, at, at the end of the first quarter, was like, should we leave? I go, no. All we got to do is get within 10. Little did I know that we were about to take the lead going into halftime. On a tear. Anyway, Houston's first drive, big touchdown pass to Kenny Stills. I'm like, okay, okay, you know, they're starting they're starting off strong, but, but we'll be fine. Chiefs, three and out, but we get the punt blocked. Houston short field, another touchdown, right? And then I'm like, it's okay, get scary. They're putting Tyreek Hill to return this punt. We should be good on the on Houston's next possession. He fumbles, he fumbles the ball, another short field. I I just at this point it's twenty one nothing. Houston's up. Chiefs defense is up again, trying to do something. Houston has a fourth and one on uh, the shoe side of the field. They decide to kick the field goal. Thank goodness, because I was I was worried they were going to go for a fourth and one, <laughs> especially when you have Deshaun Watson. But hey, whatever. Houston go uh, kicks the field goal. There were some really bad coaching calls on Houston's side. I mean, which is fine, but oh, I was in Bill O'Brien. I trust as a Chiefs fan because he is terrible. <laughs> he is absolutely yeah, terrible. I was like, damn, dude, if you come out with a job after this, like I don't even know. Well, so so here's the thing, right? You go, you you tell your fans in your post game news conference that you don't have a play for fourth and one. When Deshaun Watson's your quarterback, and I, I get it, that's fine. Take the three points, right? But don't your very next possession do a fake punt on fourth and four, which is exactly what he, the Houston Texans did. Chiefs yeah. um, end up getting back in the game, and I mean, it was just, it was, it was basically Usain Bolt at <laughs> qualifying for the Olympics. Like it was a, it was a track. It was meet. nuts. Yeah, just blowing by everybody. And I, I do want to talk about two things that led to the cold start one is that the drops are an issue and mm-hmm. once again Travis Kelsey bounced back huge great three yeah. touchdowns I, w- I was he went from like you need to be benched the whole game to like okay let's not ever take yeah, him uh, off this he, field he killed Houston so I, I don't want to kill him too bad but the drops are a problem last year he had four percent drops on all his receptions or all his targets this year he's at ten percent like it, it's it's more than doubled from last year and it's still an issue so Kelsey had some drops, Robinson had some drops, and that's what really killed the first couple of drives for the Chiefs. And then the special teams didn't show up either initially, right? So you had mm-hmm. the fumble by Tyreek Hill, you had the block punt. Special teams did get one back, though, later in the game, but because of those reasons, that's why the Chiefs had that slow start. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely don't think that you can make any excuses, but definitely take those learnings and apply them to the next game because that's where it's you know going to count. Yeah, so, uh, I mean... Th- those were the reasons for the slow start, but like to get back into the game, you need to have that that guy to rally the troops. Mm-hmm. You need to have that leader of the team, and this yeah, it's leadership, yeah, yeah. And this vividly reminds me of the 2014 Kansas City Royals against the Oakland A's in the wild card game. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, go ahead and remind me. 
so the so the Royals are down big against the Oakland A's. Wild card game in MLB is you'll win or go home. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. And Mike Mustakis, Moose. Moose. Oh, <laughs> I just miss him so much. <laughs> but Mike Mustakis runs runs to the bench. Right, the Royals are down. He goes, "We are not going out like this. We didn't come here to do this. We are not going to go out like this. We are going to get back into this game. They don't believe, but I believe we are getting back in this game." Needless to say, the Royals end up winning that game. Mm-hmm. Epic comeback. Absolutely. One of the best games in wildcard history. It's on YouTube. Go look at this game if you haven't seen it. It's absolutely insane. Maybe not the whole game, but towards the end. No, no, no. Definitely the whole game. <laughs> the only, I, and I'm like one of those people, I hate watching taped games, but the only game I will watch over and over and over and over again is the Mavs 2011 championship because I feel like I was old enough to understand that, like the whole city oh, needed oh, Dirk, it. Dirk put the team on his back. Took oh, it to man. And so, Still like, makes me cry. Who was our Mike Moustakis and who was our, our Dirk Nowitzki? It was Sir Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Just, Absolutely. He, he went up and down the bench going, hey, they don't believe anymore Dude, once we're down 24 nothing. Yeah, once we're down 24 nothing, he goes, they don't believe anymore. We got this. Yep. I mean, Arrowhead was booing the Chiefs at this point. Oh, God. There were boos. <laughs> they became Philly? Yeah, there were boos <laughs> going because, like, it was. The, I don't want to knock the fans too much because, like, as a longtime Chiefs fan, it felt like the curse again. It <laughs> felt like this. It, go, it was, here we Wait, go again. Do the, do the Chiefs have a curse? The Chiefs F up at home. I mean, oh, so mo- it's not like a goat curse or anything. Oh no, no, it's not a Billy Goat curse. Uh, I actually, so here's my theory on it. If you, if you guys want to hear it real quick, all right. So I, I call it the curse of San Francisco. Okay, Steve Bono. It was a backup quarterback. Well, first we got Joe Montana from San Francisco after they were done with him, right? Mm-hmm. Then our next quarterback was Steve Bono, a San Francisco 49er reject. Then it was Elvis Gerbach, another reject from San Francisco. And then we got Alex Smith, who was great, but. The 28-point comeback was against Alex Smith and his team. Like, these are all one-time San Francisco 49er quarterbacks. And I, I don't know what it is about it, but I hmm. feel like they're it's their fault. I feel like it's their fault. Because, like, if you remember, too, with Elvis Gerback, we picked him over Rich Gannon. Two-time All-Pro or three-time All-Pro, two-time MVP Rich Gannon. We picked him. We picked Elvis Gerback. <laughs> At one time, the sexiest quarterback alive so over him. you think that this is over San Francisco. You don't think it has anything to do with, like, stealing a group of people's identity and war cries or whatever? Uh, different topic, different day. I will say <laughs> okay, is that okay. you don't you don't lose so many games by kicks if it ain't a curse. But anyway, that was the feeling in At the crowd. At least you guys aren't the Washington bad words, so it could be worse. <laughs> that, that was the feeling in Arrowhead, right? It was like, oh, oh crap, here we go again. Yeah. We're, we're about to lose it all. But then Patrick Mahomes going, hey, they don't believe. No one believes that we can do this. One play. I believe that we will win. <laughs> one play, one score at a time, right? Rallies the troops and, and all of a sudden, like I, I thought all I wanted to do was get within two scores by halftime because mm-hmm. we get the ball first coming out the third, and I thought we could win the game. But I didn't think we were going to get it by halftime. Yeah, and that's the whole thing was just nuts. Like I almost, I think more entertaining than the game would have been watching like the diehard fans just have multiple heart attacks and seizures watching this. Yeah, I, I mean the offense just goes on on overdrive. Patrick Mahomes starts putting his body on the line, mm-hmm. and. and if you remember, he got he got his knee hurt earlier in the year. He stopped running. Mm-hmm. He stopped doing quarterback right. sneaks. He ran for fifty yards this game. He was doing everything he can to win this game. He yeah. was making he was making like dimes, just throwing the ball to everybody. Travis Kelsey had his biggest game of the year. Uh, the Chiefs' offense just went. 
and, and it was it was so beautiful. It was mm-hmm. it was big. It was chunk yards too. It wasn't these twelve play you know five know. deep was, and dunk drives. It was a very unique game. I'm sure it broke all sorts of records. Oh, oh, the Chiefs. Uh, Travis Kelsey abused the Houston Texans linebackers <laughs> and, and so did the wide receivers. It, it was awesome. It was, <laughs> it was great to get back in the game. And, I, and I, everybody talks about the offense and that's great. And, and they definitely get credit. But I just want to point out the defense and how great of a job they did. Because Houston only scored seven points after halftime. And particularly the Honey Badger and Frank Clark. What Who a, what had an amazing weekend, if you think about it. National Championship for LSU, won his playoff game. I mean, is life any, could it be any better for the Honey Just, Badger? I mean, he's too smart for you, right? Uh, <laughs> that, that's his slogan. And, and Frank Clark, if you remember on our last podcast, he talked about, hey, last time I played Houston, I was in two arm braces. Mm-hmm. This time, no arm brace. Yeah. I mean, he was all over the field. He was conducting the tomahawk chalk from mean, the field. Could you imagine being in two arm braces? That's a horrible way to be. That's a horrible way to live. Yeah, and but I he mean, he it. played like a man that had no limits. Uh, just a great, probably, probably his best and most signature game as a Chief. But you want, you want to know what stat I just want to point to on why the Chiefs did so well on defense that game, and and, and what the big difference was between <laughs> this and last year. So the Chiefs' offense last year was epic, right? Offense this year, epic. But the biggest difference is the Chiefs' defense is getting off of the field. Last year against New England, the Chiefs' defense. On 19 tries to get New England off of the field on third down, they only were successful six times. New England was 13 of 19 on third down. That's not going to work. You're not going to win games if you're on the field Mm -hmm. all the time. Absolutely. Against Houston, Houston was 5 of 15 on third down. You're getting off of the field. You're staying rested. You have the energy now. They're, They're not... You're not letting Carlos Hyde get rhythm anymore. Mm-hmm. You're getting off the field. You're getting Deshaun Watson, their yeah. best player, off the field. And you know what that also does? That also gets J.J. Watt tired. Did he even have a play yesterday? No. You didn't hear his name because he was all over the place. No. He was always on the field. I was actually very surprised by that. I thought he was going to give you all a lot more trouble than what he actually did. Yeah, uh, just a really great game by the Chiefs defense, the Chiefs offense, just epic. So our next opponent... The Tennessee Titans. We are the Titans, mighty, mighty Titans. Sorry, I had to do that. That was my high school No one cares. Mascot. No one cares. Get and, uh, out of here. I mean, I, I just want to point out, remember the Titans is a really solid movie, and I've probably watched it 3,000 times. We're, and we're, also, I'm Hayden Panettiere in that movie. We're gonna do a full. <laughs> we're gonna do a full Titans, uh, solely uh, Chiefs Titans preview, just like we did for the Chiefs Houston games later this week. But we did want to mention that we have another shot at redemption, right? We don't want to keep this podcast too long, mm-hmm. but we'll do another Chiefs only podcast because apparently it's good luck. So we got to continue the trend, right? Mm. It is. It is. I believe in suspiciousness. What is that one Bud Light commercial? I think that was like, it's only weird if it doesn't work. Absolutely. Oh man, I've never related to anything more in my life. So uh, that's about it on the Chiefs talk today. Just an incredible game. Go watch it. But the key to the game on defense was getting off of the field on third down. And we started to finally make plays. And the offense will do what the offense does and score points. And thank God they beat Houston. As a Dallas fan. God, Houston is like the annoying little brother that just wants to be relevant and like hang out with you. And it's like, could you just like leave us alone? Houston's a town of, of wannabes. <laughs> Basically, yes. But anyway, so let's let's I want to quickly touch K-State and then go right into the Mavs. But so here's my thing with K-State. Obviously, they're out of it this year. They're we got spanked today. They're not good. But <laughs> here's the thing that I want to talk about. And I want to talk about particularly with Bruce Weber. OK, so. 
no one's ever knocked him on being a coach, but his problem is he can't recruit. Mm-hmm. So when he was in Illinois, he he replaced Bill South, who went to Kansas at the mm-hmm. time. Right. And he's still there in Kansas doing great. But he had Darren Williams and D Brown, the great Bill Self class that he brought to Illinois after that. And all the cheating, I'm sure. (laughs) But after that, Illinois went downhill. Right. Bruce Weber was able to coach his players, but he wasn't able to bring anybody in. Right. The program hasn't recovered. I mean, and Bruce Weber has been there for a while. I feel like at some point, someone like the AD, I know we have a new AD or I guess it's been a few years now, but at some point someone's going to have to come in and really scrutinize this dude of like, Hey, you've been here for this long and you haven't done anything. Yeah. So he's had recruiting classes. His best class was, was between 40 and 50. I just want Frank his, Martin back. His work worst class was in the hundreds. So like he, he's terrible at recruiting, but I will say this 2020 class is currently ranked 21 in the country. Okay. He's got three McDonald's All-Americans but coming. But do we think that that's him or do we think that this is an outside force? Because I feel like you don't just wake up one day and go, hey, I'm going to become a good recruiter. Yeah, so that, that that's what scares me, right? Is is that uh, he's magically got this 21st recruiting class. I hope that it, it's because K-State yeah. won the Big 12 last year and, and someone saw them do great in the tournament. And maybe that's what it is. And maybe they saw the new sick jerseys that they got. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I can't wait for the purple chrome. We need to make this happen. These K-State football jerseys, oh my gosh, they look so much better. I know there's small differences, but like that really does make a difference as a player. Like you don't want to play somewhere where oh, you uh, just have these outdated old why is, uniforms. Why is Oregon always getting players? Oh my God. If I was, okay, so if I had like no geographical tie, no sort of like, hey, scholarships or whatever, I would for sure play a sport at Oregon. Why? Because, and I was a wrestler growing up, so... I would love to have a neon, awesome singlet like that. Like, how cool would that be? And some matching shoes. What did What did Deion, Deion Sanders once say? You look good, you feel good, you feel good, you work good, you work good, you do good. Oh, I was going to say money, hoes, and papa dose, but... Uh, that was Michael Irvin, right? Oh, Ooh, I, I can't remember. So. Money, hoes, and papa dose. <laughs> Either way, I say it all the time now. And papa dose is but, real good, but, too. But anyway, so K-State, <laughs> it, it's bleak right now, but... This might be the first time Bruce Weber's ever pulled together a recruiting class. So I think of somebody else, but fine. We stay, can give him stay the credit. tuned for next year. Now, keep in mind these are commits, so they haven't enrolled yet. But right. I'm hoping that that this is different. So let's talk Mavs real quick. Okay. Uh, they're currently whooping up on the Warriors, so so that's great. Ooh-hoo. Mavs last two games they lost to the Lakers. Hmm. Um, and then they beat Philly. We lost bad to the Lakers, too. Yeah, we, we put a little run at the end to make the score a little bit closer than what it was. But, I mean, this was a Lakers team without AD. And, yes, we were without Porzingis, but we got to do better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I Much better. I think that we're capable of making those games a lot closer than what they are. Especially that one. I mean, that one was like, come on, guys. Put a little bit of effort in this. Yeah, and I think the problem you're seeing is that, like, without Porzingis in the lineup... If Lucas struggles, the whole team's mm-hmm. going to struggle. Like, Absolutely. There's there's not someone that's stepping up. There, We need another score. And Tim Hardaway Jr. is great, but he's also a streaky shooter, right? So if mm-hmm. he's off, then you're you're done. Yep. And Agreed. without KP consistent score, it, it hurts you. I, we did bounce back. We beat Philly, which is great. And we're still, we're still learning how to close these games out. Mm-hmm. But, hey, against Philly, we didn't need to close. Yeah, because we had a big lead. So yeah. that was nice to see. Didn't have to worry about that pressure. But there's something about playing in the AAC right now that's killing the Mavs. Like, they mm-hmm. are struggling at home. And Yeah, I, it's weird. 
I feel like it's a better environment. Maybe they're not used to the sound and yeah, all I mean, the loudness. I don't hey, know. If we're right now in the sixth spot and we're playing more games on the road, is that a bad thing right well, now that we're not. a good road team? I do also. I think it's worth mentioning. So Puerto Rico has been hit with a bunch of um, earthquakes right now, and it's really devastating. And I don't want to take away from that because, you know, they just have not been able to catch a break. But it also makes me wonder, like, where is J.J. Barea's head at? You know, is he going to be super focused or is he going to be worried about his country? You know, like, I, I think that that's worth putting out there. And I do think it's really awesome that the last was at Hurricane Maria. He was able to get a whole jet and fill it with supplies and stuff. So, like, my mind is like, okay, is he going to yeah, be focused on this game or is he going to be focused on and, efforts? And so to that point, it was also reported that that Laker game was during that big tornado watch in Dallas. So Yeah, that when, was messing with a lot of yeah. people, too. And when you're a Lakers player and your team's in L.A. or your family's in L.A., you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, but that's when true. when you're worrying about your family getting to the game, that's uh, a very, very valid point, actually. So I'm going to chalk up to the Laker game to distraction because they played the Lakers a couple times or three times before that. And each game went down to the mm-hmm. wire. So I'm going to chalk up that game to a distraction game. Right. Yeah. You had the tornadoes going on in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was wild. They like I got let out early from work. They, you know, American Airlines Center and the Mavericks were sending us emails. Hey, get there early. We're going to shut down the roads. Yeah, blah, blah. I'm they like, opened Whoa. the they opened the AAC like three hours before yeah, tip off. They, they, they don't ever do that. So I uh, let's chalk up the Laker game to distraction because the Mavs bounce right back against mm-hmm. Philly. But there there's also one more thing I want to touch with the Mavs is those of you who want Andre Drummond, please stop. He just got benched in in uh, Detroit during the fourth quarter. He is. I get that he puts the rebounds numbers up and uh, he puts the putbacks up, but he can't shoot. And I don't. Carlisle I don't think make, we necessarily need him. Exactly, Carlisle will make anybody work, but for a max ish guy, a twenty million a year guy, he's not that much better than Dwight Powell or Maxi Kleba. So yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of magic with this team right now. Like, why mess with a good thing? Yeah, I, I mean, unless you're gonna get a. Uh, a perimeter shooter, you know, someone who can consistently score. I know we can't get Bradley Beal, but a Bradley Beal type, then then don't touch it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that we've talked about everything that we wanted to cover, and it seems like maybe y'all like the shorter podcast. I don't know. What yeah. do you think? I, I think they do, but I believe we have a poll question. Oh, uh, do we? Yeah. Do you guys like my weird dad jokes or not? Hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, yeah that's definitely not the definitely <laughs> just not kidding, the poll just question. Kidding. But where can we find that poll question? Uh, we can find it on i35 Sports CXN on Twitter. Also, if you guys want to talk about a certain topic, tweet at us, email us, you know, do all that. We're here for you, and we want to talk about interesting things along this i35 route as well. Yeah, so here's the here's the poll question, guys, that we're going to put up right after this podcast. So you're starting a team. You can either have Patrick Mahomes, NFL, or you're starting an NBA team. You could have Luka. Mm-hmm. What superstar would you want to start your team around? Doesn't matter the sport. Oh. Would it be Luka or would it be Patrick Mahomes? Luka! Yeah, you're talking about two, two oh, players, man. both in their second year as a starter, Putting up ridiculous numbers. Are we going to talk about this for a second? Because I have my answer. Go. Okay, I'm going to pick Luca, And why? Because he's had the most professional experience. Ooh, okay. Started since he was, uh, or professional since yeah. he was 14. 14. You get the global impact of mm-hmm. Luca, whereas Pat Mahomes is still just in the right. U.S. Ooh, oh, that's a tough one. I would go Patty Mahomes because okay. I think he's going to, 
rewrite the history books and and not just in the NFL, but I think he's going to be the launching point hmm. to NFL global, right? Because like I think the next push for the NFL is making this a global game like the NBA, which is hilarious to me. And, and Tom Brady isn't going to be there. They're going the next face of the NFL is going to be the guy that does it, and that's going to be Pat Mahomes or Dak Prescott. We'll see. Yeah, Pat Mahomes. <laughs> so you have my take, and you have Osh's no. take. Basically, align your teams correctly, people. <laughs> All right, good seeing you guys. Uh, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Peace.